You're listening to Press TV's podcast. This is episode 9. The United States has stepped up airstrikes in Somalia against what it claims are fighters from the Ashabaab Takfiri terrorist group. However, Amnesty International says the U.S. airstrikes have indiscriminately killed innocent civilians. I'm your host, Mubarak Kenya, and of course, we also have other parts with Sheila. Hello, I am Sheila Nelima. I am bringing you news from all over Africa, so stay with us. U.S. airstrikes in Somalia. The United States military through its Africa Command, Africum, has conducted hundreds of airstrikes in Somalia over the last decade under the pretext of fighting the Al-Shabaab terrorist group. Instead of defeating these terrorists, the U.S. airstrikes have brought pain and suffering to innocent Somali civilians. According to some reports, during the first four months of this year, the U.S. Africa Command has conducted more airstrikes in Somalia than it did during all of Barack Obama's eight years in office. The U.S. claims to be pursuing Al-Shabaab Takfiri terrorists in Somalia, while its major allies in the West Asia region are accused of supporting these terrorist groups. Recently, the spokesperson of Turkey's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Hami Aksoy, stated that the United Arab Emirates supports terrorist groups, particularly Al-Shabaab. In 2017, a newly opened Turkish military base in Mogadishu was the intended target by Al-Shabaab terrorists in one of the deadliest single attacks in Somalia's history. Turkey, whose influence in Somalia has grown tremendously, was undeterred by the Al-Shabaab attack. We are aware of the uh, threats uh, and dangers uh, on the ground, but despite all these uh, challenges, uh, we will continue to assist uh, the Somali people. Somalia is clearly at the center of Persian Gulf rivalries, pitting Qatar on the one hand and Saudi Arabia and the UAE on the other. The United States continues to bombard Somalia, while Africa Union troops known as Amisom are on the ground trying to restore peace in the Horn of Africa nation. The 2,200,000-strong force which started its operations in Somalia in 2007 is expected to pull out of Somalia next year. However, there are doubts on whether the Somalia will have sustainable stability after the withdrawal of Amisom forces. Thank you for staying with us this much into the show. So if you like our content, please share it with your friend right now. Yeah, now. Now, do it now. Yeah, share it with your friend right now. <laughs> okay, if you're ready, let's listen to the rest of the show. For more on this, we have contacted Daniel Lazar, a New York-based journalist and author. Now, what's your take on the high number of civilians being killed by U.S. airstrikes in Somalia? Well, the U.S. has stepped up our airstrikes dramatically. Uh, I think there have been, uh, been uh, more than 40 this year so far, which is more than, uh, than I think, the, uh, the previous four years. Uh, so there's been a dramatic increase in airstrikes. And when you have airstrikes, you have civilian casualties. That's, uh, that invariably happens. Um, but the point is there's no accountability. The U.S. is not answerable to anybody. Uh, civilians complain, but uh, 
there's no one to help them. Despite alleged U.S. operations to kill Al-Shabaab terrorists, the group continues to carry out deadly attacks in the country. Why has the Trump administration increased its military intervention in Somalia? Well, the Trump administration uh, uh, likes to pick on weak countries. I mean, it doesn't want to, uh, to bomb Iran because then it would have a huge fight on its hands. Uh, but, uh, but bombing a weak country like Somalia is, uh, perfectly, makes perfectly good sense from the uh, Trump administration point of view. Uh, and, um, and it's a no-lose proposition. Uh, the U.S. gets to drop its bombs. It, uh, it further militarizes the region. It keeps the U.S. military happy. It makes some of uh, America's uh, allies in the Persian Gulf happy. Uh, and there's, uh, there's little chance of, uh, of, uh, of uh, the Somalis striking back against the U.S. Um, they're, uh, they're striving for, uh, for regional influence. And the, uh, the likeliest uh, country in question is Qatar. And Qatar has, uh, has uh, funded uh, over the years a long range of militant Takfiri Sunni jihadi groups uh, from Libya uh, and uh, into Syria uh, and Somalia as well, uh, because uh, the Saudis know that um, that essentially the Qataris are cultivating these groups as a kind of forward striking arm of the uh, of the Qatari government. Meanwhile, Somalia is now being mentioned as a new frontier for the world's energy industries. In an effort to develop its hydrocarbons amid political instabilities, Somalia has put on auction offshore oil blocks, including those in the contested territory of the Kenyan port of Lamu. Engineer Kara Shukri Dome, Director General in the Ministry of Petroleum and Mineral Resources of the Federal Republic of Somalia, explains here on offshore plans for exploration. Uh, we are now encouraging um, uh, or, or licensing offshore, and offshore Federal Republic of Somalia is, 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 a, is a central, it is strategic, uh, uh, it's very big, uh, it's far out into, into the sea, the blocks that we will be auctioning. Now, is Somalia's potential as an energy-rich country the source of the current meddling by foreign powers, especially the United States? Uh, recent exploration indicates that Somalia has major oil uh, reserves off its coast. Um, so suddenly it's a very big and important player uh, in the international oil market. Uh, and that certainly has concentrated international attention, and especially U.S. attention, uh, uh, on the internal situation in the country. That said, uh, bear in mind that the, the price of oil has plunged dramatically. In fact, at one point, it was at negative $30. Um, so that oil is worth a good deal less. It's less a worth a fraction of what it once was. So therefore, that lowers uh, Somalia's um, uh, economic uh, attractiveness. The African Union Peace and Security Council is implementing Somalia Transition Plan, which is a comprehensive guide developed by the federal government of Somalia and its partners ahead of AMISOM anticipated withdrawal. What is their long-term solution for the three decades old conflict in Somalia? It's, it's, it's difficult to say. There, there's, there's no immediate uh, apparent solution. Uh, Somalia is torn by civil war. Uh, the, uh, the, the regional neighbors uh, have a hand in stirring the pot uh, from Kenya and Ethiopia to the Persian Gulf states uh, to the U.S. Uh, and others. 
um, and other European powers. Uh, so um, so a, a lot of outsiders are very busy stirring the pot, uh, and therefore there's little chance of any kind of stability returning to that country. Um, uh, I suppose if somehow we could wave a magic wand and get other countries to keep us to keep out of Somalia, uh, it might have a fighting chance of, uh, of creating some kind of stabilization. David Lazar, New York-based journalist and author. Hello and welcome to this part of the program. It's Sheila Nelima bringing you news from around Africa. Now, to start us off this week, a recent survey revealed that Rwanda, Sudan, and the Democratic Republic of Congo have the cheapest mobile data in Africa. The survey was conducted by a UK-based price comparison website. It analyzed 230 countries around the world. Zimbabwe and Equatorial Guinea made the list as the countries with the most expensive mobile data in Africa. Now, while COVID-19 has seen the collapse of African airlines, the Angolan airline has implemented its decision to make its surplus staff redundant. The decision targets retired workers and those with the less likelihood of renewed contracts. This comes after the collapse of the South African national carrier and the Ethiopian airline shifting to cargo services to weather the economic storm. Now, in other news, the South African government has come under scrutiny for the apparent sale of military equipment to Turkey. This was amid the airspace lockdown that only permitted the movement of essential goods. Turkey sent military planes with only one carrying donations, later being loaded with military explosives and ammunition. A spokesperson said that the transaction followed a deal that had been brokered before the lockdown rules were enforced. Now on to good news. The Zambia National Farmers Union reported a record high in the increase of the sales of their drought-hardy cassava crop. The farmers are raking in profits during this COVID-19 pandemic as the crop is being used in production of ethanol for alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Currently, tons of the cassava are being used per day to make sanitizers for local use and for export to neighboring nations. Now, the transitional government of Sudan has been applauded for criminalizing female genital mutilation. The move has come after years of active advocacy by child welfare organizations, including the UN agencies. Sudan's prevalence rate had been recorded at an alarming 86.6% in 2014. UNICEF committed to help support the new law. Now on to the art scene. An art gallery has been born by the Cultural Commission of Chamber of Commerce, Industry and Cultural Promotion of Portugal, Senegal and West Africa. The gallery seeks to promote and enhance African art. It also wants to bring together creators, collectors and art enthusiasts in an international platform. Now this brings us to the end of this part. Visit our social media pages. Do stay tuned. We will be back soon. Well, that's it. That's the end of another episode of our podcast series. So please subscribe to our channel on SoundCloud, on CastBox, or whatever else that you follow on shows from. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Until next week, bye-bye. <laughs>